Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of A Really Good Chat where I divulge areas of my life, even the non-PG ones. Hello, Joel, first of all. Good. Well, it's afternoon for me, morning for you. Good afternoon, Sam. Today is an exciting day because we've got a tech upgrade. I have a real microphone. Yes. Isn't that nice? mm, You sound really great from my end, so hopefully the listeners can notice the improvement. We're moving up in the world here at A Good Chat. It was all because Joel just wanted to be... Up in my level. So, you know, it was getting a bit cold down there, wasn't it, for you, It really was. (laughs) Yeah, you set a high standard. That's for sure. So on today's episode, we're just going to be talking about my employment history. (laughs) Employment history, we could say. We could say employment history. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'm going for a job interview. All class there, Sam. Um, No, look, uh, you are searching for a a job. We talked about that (laughs) on the last episode. And I thought today was a really good opportunity to get involved in that a little bit. Because I'm really curious to hear about your journey into the workforce. I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land that this episode was recorded on, the Wajuk Noongar people. I wish to acknowledge and respect their continuing culture and their contribution they make to the life of this city and this region. So I think, first of all, how is the current job search going? What's the update? Well, I don't know how many I've applied for, but like like a good decent amount. And I got one back last week just saying, like, I progressed in the interview process and that was for me to record myself, just answering some questions. Um, I think it's called, like, a one-way interview. I mean, that's right down your alley. (laughs) Yeah, perfect. You've got plenty of practice with that, all right? You got a leg up. Yeah. Okay, well, that's exciting. Congrats. That's really good. Yeah, but I do like how... Even in the email, they said that they would let let me know either way if I progress further into the the application process, which is quite good because, you know, so many of them just, like, if you don't hear back, you just presume that you haven't progressed into the abyss of the employment world. The abyss of the employment world. I like that. Yeah, they sort of leave you hanging there, don't they? Mm. So that's so, really good. Yeah, great. So I, I'm curious, it's like... What's your journey been like? What were you feeling as you're coming to the end of your high school career around what you're going to move into in terms of employment? Yeah, well, I always knew I was going to be a social worker. I found it really interesting. Probably from, I would say, 15 years old, I was, yeah, social worker is the role for me. Okay, so you were locked in from a young age. Is that, sorry, because you had met social workers before and had been inspired by them? Or, you know, because obviously you've had exposure to that world from a young age. I think it's more the fact that I always knew I was going to work with people in some capacity, you know. Did you, did you feel like there were any barriers? Did you think that the people were going, I don't think you'd be able to do that? It was more at my end. I didn't think I was capable of being academic in the area of, you know, study. That was more my concern. More just about the study, not about the access to study. Well, I guess it kind of all combines as one because at school I wasn't, like I wasn't dumb, but I wasn't academic. Like I really had to push myself. Like it didn't come naturally for me. I never was you know, a high achiever. But that's all right. No, lots of people really have to work for what they want. I wonder there, is there an element there that I apologise if I'm putting word in, words in your mouth, but I'm, I'm getting the vibe that high school was probably not a fun time for you. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And is that because of your of the fact you use a wheelchair to get around? Is that because you've got a different ability? I think it was because I came in year 10 to the Perth school 
didn't know anyone in a massive school with like 800 in the whole school, mm. 400 odd in my whole year. And I was this tiny little person with a disability coming from the country where everyone knew me and I felt safe and no one saw me as the girl in the wheelchair. I was just there. So it did take a lot for me to kind of recognise that not everyone's going to be wanting to know the girl in the wheelchair. And it's hard when the first thing that people see when they look at you is a wheelchair, mm. you know, especially Definitely. at that age with mm. kids. So I wonder if just the enjoyment of school, I wonder if that was a bit of a barrier for you. You graduate high school. What's Do you do a gap year? Do you get straight into the workforce? What does that feel like for you? Because I think as a young person, you graduate high school, the world's, the world's your oyster. You have unlimited potential and it's time to get out there. Most of us will either do a gap year or go to uni. Mm-hmm. And we're thinking about our life, thinking about our career now. What's, what's that look like for you? Well, for me, it was really important not just to sit home and feel sorry for myself and that kind of thing. And I remember having, to, well, not sorry, not having to, but mum and I going to this convention expo for organisations who support people with disabilities, you know, to be like out and about in the community. Not a career thing, not a job no. thing, more just around let's just take you out to the park. Yeah. Already so different because at that mm. age I'm going to career expos, I'm trying to figure out what I want to do, and then the the approach to you and your life is more like, ah, oh, how do we just get her out for a bit? It's already so different, isn't it? Yeah, definitely needed to be done because mm. otherwise I would just rely on mum. But having mm. that support, like that weekly, I think it was twice or three times a week was, you know, quite important. And from there I volunteered at these places and then I think a couple of years later I started at TAFE and then that established the fact that I am capable of studying and putting myself out there kind of thing, if that makes sense. So a bit of a confidence boost, mm. but I assume throughout this time you're not gainfully employed you're not working no no No, okay and why not sam's pulling many different faces right now (laughs) cycling Uh, through the emotions of going "Ah, i don't know (laughs) looking back i kind of really was very much what's the word that i would use i don't want to say i didn't push myself but i guess i had all these other kind of barriers that i had to kind of worry about that i guess employment wasn't really something of importance to me at that stage Okay. Did you feel there was an expectation that you would have a career? Yeah, no, no, definitely. Yeah, I always knew I would eventually get the employment. I mean, at times I'm like, well, I'd just be you know, going around to shopping centres aimlessly, which is absolutely disgusting thing to even, Yeah. I know, for me. I don't know, it just makes me so upset to think that that's how sometimes I would use my time as a, like a late teen, early 20-year-old. No, nah, absolutely not for me. Did you do that? Did you go around to the shopping centres handing in resumes and things like that? Oh, not resumes, just like wasting my thought. Sorry, I shouldn't say wasting oh, my you. time, but like Sorry. just going out. Just hanging out. Just hanging out, which is like so fine, but why wasn't I utilising my time to go to uni, no, no, do small courses or something like that? But then again, I'm, I guess I'm being a little bit harsh on myself because I just, at the end of 2009, I did have a massive brain operation and it really, mm. really did affect me mentally and physically and that kind of thing. I have to you know, give myself credit for not being as proactive as I probably would have liked to be, but then the reality of it was that, that I did have you know, quite a big issue going on. And as you sort of highlighted, career was not really on top of your list. You no. just sort of more like, let's just survive. Mm, <laughs> I think that's literally. also a great thing to look at. Mm. Do you think that your life would have been different if you had pushed yourself a bit more? Would there have been a benefit to getting into the workforce 
early or do you think you've timed it really well? Mm, That's a good question. I guess maybe if I push myself, I maybe become resentful to what I want to do and then maybe I'll like knowing me, I may have just stepped back further from my passion in social work. Yeah, you get a bad taste for it. Now you don't want to do it anymore. I yeah. get that. Yeah. Okay. And I feel with doing my TAFE, that kind of gave me the confidence that I needed to pursue a uni degree. So I guess having some patience with it is a good thing. Mm. Right. So I guess the lesson there is that there is someone who's in a similar position and is and is starting to feel those things as well and thinking, oh, I need to jump into it. I need to mm. keep moving really quickly. I guess the advice here is just slow down. It's all yeah. right. You'll get there. Absolutely. And for sure, like the fact that it is not the conventional way to, for a 17-year-old to start their career. My life really isn't conventional, let's be honest. And I guess like there's nothing wrong with breaking the mould. No, definitely not. You know, even as as a teenager, without those challenges and those barriers, sometimes we just don't know what we want to do. And Mm. I think that there's a bit of magic in that as well, because it really opens the doors. If you know what you want to do, then that's what you'll do. You know, so if you grow up knowing that you're going to be a firefighter, then you'll only mm-hmm. ever be a firefighter. And I think there's something nice in there about being open-minded because you've ended up in some really interesting roles with Lifeline, mm-hmm. developed some really strong relationships with other people. There's other enrichments in there that's not just career. But let's have a chat around career then. So, you know, have you held a job before? Yes, I have. And that was from um, my work experience that I had with my Diploma of Community Service. And I was a youth worker and that was great experience. Like it was only like a couple of days, very casual, but, you know, it got me, it's a foot in the door kind of thing, which is great. So you, you got that through work placement through your diploma? Yeah. So you were stationed there. Did you have to go through an interview process? No, they offered me like the position when I was coming to the end of the placement. So no interview process, work placement into the role. You're in a position where you're going through interview processes. Now you're in a Mm. position where you are applying and applying and applying. Are you finding that there's, going back to what we just spoke about at high school, where often when people meet you, the first thing they see is the wheelchair. Mm -hmm. Are you finding that it's still carrying its way through? Or I'm thinking maybe because you're applying for a specific role in social work, maybe that is absent. I I guess for me, compared to like when I was fresh out of high school, I'm more confident in you know, writing in my covering letter that I have a physical disability and like these are the qualities or like it makes me more resilient and patient and whatever it may be. Oh. I kind of like slide my disability into the covering letter, into the selection criteria of the job, if that makes sense. So, so I you kind of like, own it. You, mm. you kind of wear that and go, yeah, but here's why that's a benefit. Definitely. And I think being comfortable with having a disability and sure it may take a while for me to actually get the job that I want or get an interview, mm. just being honest with myself as well as wherever I'm applying to really helps. Don't get me wrong, there is a lot of jobs where the requirement is to have a driver's licence. So that certainly does kind of put a bit of a halt on that job, probably like a handful that I was like, oh, it looks really good. But then as you scroll down further, you must have a driver's licence. Yeah, an open licence so they can drive to, to people's houses. Exactly. Yeah, and that's okay. the other thing, like if I have to go to people's houses, that's also probably not the most appropriate job for me because what happens if they live up a two flight of stairs? I have to really kind of consider that aspect of the role. So really there's a, a, only a very small pool of jobs that you can even apply for. Mm. That must be so disheartening. Yeah, I suppose it is, I, but I think I've just kind of come to terms with it. Okay. Which I know is a bit shit. Going back to that resilience. 
you know, mm-hmm. so that's just resilience, isn't it? And mm-hmm. sometimes it's not a disability, it's almost a superpower yeah. where you've learned to deal with things that, because I just think the message behind that, you know, I would feel like I'm not wanted. I feel like mm-hmm. there's not a place for me around the space, but you seem to be able to rise above that and go, you know what, I'm going to carve my own way through here. Yeah. And I know like eventually like I will find a job and I'll be like perfect for the job. It's just time. Don't get me wrong. It does suck sometimes be like, all I want is just someone just to take my application and go, yes, you're so good. You know, we can definitely work with you, not against you with your requirements in the workplace. Mm. Just time. And it's, uh, it really helps that, you know, I'm in a good place to be sending out all these resumes and writing about myself because you really got to sew yourself in a job criteria so it's just kind of making sure I'm mentally okay and I think that's a really good lesson there around you know if there are people with different abilities looking for work and as you say feeling that ah, you know so frustrating all that kind of thing but you've got to get yourself right first and you've got to come from a place that's right for you and that should really be the priority around it has there been anything that's been really invaluable in that journey has there been anything that's really helped you support that around like maybe NDIS funding or the fact that you've got some some support from your family? The fact that probably a couple of years ago, I wasn't ready to go back into applying for jobs. I said to mum, oh, I think like I'm not ready mentally. And she wasn't like forcing me or anything like that. So that was really nice not to feel the pressure. But on the other aspect, like this year I've just started applying for jobs and it's really thank you to a friend who really pushed me and sat down with me to kind of get my motivation to start applying she would say, no, it's all you, it's all you. But 100% like without having that friend there while we're just sitting on the couch watching a series, without that I probably wouldn't be here talking to you about applying for jobs. Funny that you say about all this fear about applying for jobs and yet you start a podcast and you're willing to put your face out there. So, (laughs) And I get, yeah, I think I'm always trying to just find out what's the lesson, what's the thing that we could be changing in our society? And it's, it's about connection. That's what I'm hearing. It's about having the opportunity as well. So that's where some of these NDIS funding streams are really valuable to people to be able to develop these connections, to have that place of safety mm-hmm. and to be able to launch in, into that world. Is there anything else you think is a takeaway that maybe is a, is, a, is a good lesson for people that are going through the same things? If you're trying to have like a normal employment, normal being air quoted, I think it's really important to be kind on yourself because it's easy to get caught up and get really frustrated and like think like everyone's discriminative, all these agencies are not inclusive of people with differences, but it will be someone out there. I think what you're saying um, is people are trying to find their place. You know, yeah. you will find you will find your community. Yeah, like it may take time to find, you know, that place or the people that you feel safe with. It's easy to get caught up in, you know, the pressure to have like, you know, a job. But, you know, if you're not ready and society isn't ready for your presence, <laughs> sit back and you know, find a hobby or start a podcast. <laughs> your time will come. Exactly. Sure yeah. for you to Sam. Mm-hmm. Last question. I really want to know, have there been times that you have felt strongly discriminated against in terms oh. of your search for work? Definitely. What's the goss? Always want to hear the goss. That's what everyone wants to hear. That's true. Well, I think it wasn't like for a job, but it was. So I did this. It was a course for alcohol and other drugs, right? It was a 20-week course every Thursday. After the 20-week of learning, we would go out and place it, which was great, you know, get a council. Mm. And so when it came to the placement, they were not supportive. They were 
completely thrown off about me in a wheelchair, me requiring support within the placement. And that is kind of where like the catalyst of me having a break from jobs because I'm like, this is a volunteering situation. It was just to kind of get me back into the swing of employment, testing my foot into like what areas I like and that kind of yeah. thing. It was really horrible. And then I tried, I think it was like two or three other places for different organisations that they offer for this program. Mm. No, they were like, nah. Basically what they were saying was that I would need my support in the in the counselling room with me for the whole time for safety issues. What Do they think you're going to self-combust or something? You're just going to explode in a room and they need support on hand immediately. Yeah. Also, there's confidentiality and privacy mm-hmm. concerns there if you're counselling. And then my thought is, isn't this the world that they're in, all about supporting people and helping people? Yeah, right. But they kept saying that, you know, with their majority of their clients who are alcohol and other drug dependencies or whatever it may be, they were like, they are quite aggressive. I was like, well, we all have concerns for safety. An able-bodied person would be concerned for their safety. Like, Yeah. And they have distress what? alarms and, and resources and strategies around that. We can just do the same for you as well. I even made suggestions about having a duress alarm like around me on my chair and things like that. And they're like, oh, no, no, no. Um, our duress alarm is over here on the wall and we can't have it another option. Willing. No. They were working what? against me, not with me. Mm. Mm. Yes. And this is just going, and we've said it many times in, the, in this podcast, is just the world is not built for anyone that's not in that centre line. If you're not in the mainstream lane, that centre mm. lane, then the world is just not built for you. And I yeah. dream of a world that we build for everyone, not mm. just for the middle line. Yeah, imagine that. Well, I'm really interested to hear your hear the updates on your journey into employment, Sam. I'm sure mm. someone will snap you up. You'll be an absolute catch. And if you're listening to this this podcast and you've got a job for Sam, Sam, how do they contact you? On my podcast Instagram page, which is at the bottom of the show notes. I'm yet to even know what show notes are, but I'll get there. We're learning together, Sam. Finally in the blind here. Well, thanks for this little chat here, Joel. And I really hope everyone got some insight into my employment kind of, I don't want to say struggles, but kind of like how it differs from, you know, Joel's experience to my experience. So I look forward to hearing from you guys. And I would love to hear from anyone if they've had any bad experiences or an experience that they want to share about being employed. You can get in contact with me via, once again, my podcast, Instagram page. That's all for this episode. So thanks so much, Joel, once again. Question man. <laughs> I need before, a t-shirt made. If you would like to stay up to date with my podcast episodes and so much more, follow a really good chat podcast page on Instagram. That's all for now. Thanks so much, Joel, and stay safe, everyone. Mm-hmm.